Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Making Milestones podcast. I hope everyone who was celebrating had a happy holidays, uh, despite all the sad things going on in the world. And yeah, I said in my last podcast that if I thought of some new things that I would add to my year recap, and I'm kind of going to do that, but today's podcast I more want to make about like like my intentions going into 2024 in addition to stuff that I learned this year and just kind of how I want to continue on and continue growing as a person in the new year and just some general thoughts on that and hopefully stuff that will resonate with other people who might be in like a transitional period of their life and might be wanting to make some healthier changes for their mental health and just like their self-image and so on and so forth going into 2024. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. If you're looking for a more horsey podcast, this will have some horse things in it, but it's going to be a lot more general. So if that's what you're after on my podcast, you might want to skip over it and I'll do a horsey topic that's more in-depth horse-related stuff in the new year. But I think that these topics are important because a lot of bettering ourselves as horse people comes down to working on our inner self and how we relate to ourselves outside of the horse world. I think a lot of people underestimate how much self-esteem issues and stress and anxiety outside of the horse world impacts how they're able to show up for their horse. A lot of the years that I spent where I was the most impatient and rough with horses were also years where I was struggling the most internally and the most stressed and anxious version of myself. And that led to me being less able to self-regulate in a way that I would need to in order to show up for my horses in the patient way to actually make the best of their training and I do feel that that's what stagnated a lot of my growth as an equestrian is my current mental state because of outside stressors and stuff that was going on I was dealing with a lot of trauma in these years and despite being exposed to a lot of the same information that I now accept I wasn't at a point where I could accept it and have that much change in my life because I was already going through so much stuff that felt almost unsurvivable and that was stressing me out and that I had to put basically all of my focus in just to like get through and cope with. So I wasn't at a point in my life where I could reasonably uproot the horse world as I knew it and accept all of the information that I would need to in order to make the big sweeping changes that I've now made and I'm still making. I think that's a takeaway that a lot of people should consider for bettering their horsemanship is if you're going through a traumatic period of your life or you have been and it has been really hard to survive and you've been putting all of your energy just to get through the day-to-day elements of it, I would encourage you to be gentle with yourself because when you're dealing with stuff that is so all-encompassing and just consuming your entire being that makes day-to-day life, like even getting out of bed, feel difficult, it is much, much harder to do the inner work that is required to better your horsemanship and let go of traditions and toxic mindsets in the horse community because for a lot of us, being around horses has been a sanctuary. It's been a stress relief. It's been somewhere that we can go to escape from the horrors in our day-to-day life. And when that is threatened with information that calls to question so much stuff that we used to just do and blindly accept, it is really hard to accept that and move forward when you're in a state where you feel like your entire ground is shaky, uh, that you can't grab grip anywhere, and that your life feels like it's subject to crumbling. 
the horse world and like being around horses for many of us during periods like this is really the only form of stability and control that we have. So threatening to completely uproot that control and completely alter how we show up for horses when our life already feels completely destabilized is really hard to do. So if you're going through a stage like that or you have been, try to be gentle with yourself and have some self-compassion for your lack of ability to react well during those stages. It doesn't undo the damage that treating a horse unfairly can do to them and it's still something that you'll want to work on and better so that you can control your emotions better and show up for your horse better even during times of stress but also be mindful of the fact that you can only react as well as you can with the habits that you've created and the mindset that you've built during those periods of stress and if you haven't built healthier mindsets and healthier self-perception before times of stress, it's way harder to apply those during times of stress and kind of let go of old habits. So that's a lot of what we're actually going to be discussing in this podcast is just like a perspective change and I guess like the general societal belief that like it's disingenuous to change and that it's fake to change and that you can't just become a whole new person, which is something that I honestly used to believe in but I think that's a very toxic mindset and I'm going to get further into it before but before we get into the main discussion I do kind of want to plug myself again because again these podcasts I film for free I don't get paid for them I don't put ads on them and so I have to plug the stuff where I can make money um so for anyone who's interested in supporting the podcast and getting more in-depth tutorials and training help or joining in on monthly Q&As you can subscribe to my Patreon for as little as a dollar a month uh that's Patreon dot com p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-d equus s-d-e-q-u-u-s i'll put that link down below in the description of this podcast as well that's a great way to support my work month to month without having it be a major commitment in terms of financials i also have a website where i upload a lot of my webinars and tutorials if you want to just buy one-off learning materials and that's milestoneequestrian.ca i'll also leave that link down below in the description and then i also have my shop page where i sell equestrian apparel and horse bridles and treat bags and some other things you can check that out at shopmilestoneeq.com that's shop milestoneek.com and I just released some winter base layers in new colors and they're currently on sale and I also have a lot of other stuff that I'm trying to clear out to make more space in my storage area for my products so you can check all of that out at the links down below in the description of this podcast and thank you all for your support of this podcast and your support of my work in general but let's just jump into the topic something that I think isn't discussed enough online and isn't kind of painted out in the open as much online is like even without trauma there's a pretty substantial transitional period a lot of people will start to go through from their early 20s to their late 20s more so than what you would predict like I when I was younger wouldn't have predicted that I'd see as much change in my personhood as I have as I've gotten older and I would have probably looked at people who have underwent that change and be like oh they're so fake they're just doing this for attention it's all like a social media ploy there's no way they've changed that much but really that judgment would have become been coming from a place of bitterness 
within myself because I haven't underwent that change. And when you're watching people change to be a happier, lighter version of themselves where they're less judgmental, they're less negative, and they're more uplifted and happy and self-accepting, it can be really hard to watch when you don't feel that way about yourself. It can feel like a personal attack when you don't feel that way about yourself. And then you project that onto the people who have undergone that change. But really, there's such a big shift from your early 20s to your late mid to late 20s. And it can result in big changes in who you are as a person. And the sad thing about this is that it can take you away from people that you initially would have resonated with in your late teens to early 20s and who you might have been friends with for years. It might end up severing those ties that you have grown so comfortable with and that you've had around for years. And that can be really sad. And it can be part of a grieving process. But ultimately, when you're growing and changing as a person, you're going to outgrow people and you're going to realize who you have in your life that has always been around to support and uplift you even as you change as a person and who you have in your life who is more a friendship of convenience where they would have you around when it was convenient for you for them and when it served them and for like the easier lighter more fun things not the dealing with the trauma and helping your friend through hard circumstances they'd have you around for the easy times but they wouldn't be there for the hard ones and then naturally when you start growing and changing as a person you're going to outgrow people like that and you're going to end up cutting ties with people who don't serve your future growth and don't make you as happy as you could be as a person and that's part of the growing and changing process where you're really kind of picking quality over quantity like having less friends but having friends that uplift and make you feel good about yourself and who will be there for you in your times of need is far better than having a really big group of people but having no closeness so that you feel alone even in a crowded room and that's something that I've noticed as I've gotten older for me it started happening earlier before my mid-20s in part due to the fact that I was working so much and when I was working at the racetrack and I had to be getting up at 6 a.m every morning and driving into or I had to be there at 6 a.m. every morning, I should say. I was getting up at like 4.30 a.m. And I'd have to drive into the city to go work. Like naturally that kind of tanked my party life and going out and staying up late and drinking with friends because if I did go out and drink, I would literally still be too drunk to drive in the morning. So of course I wasn't doing that. And since I stopped going out to these things, what I did notice is I stopped getting invited to stuff, which kind of hurt my feelings because even if they didn't think I was going to come, getting the invite is nice. But anyways, that naturally kind of started the process of me pulling away from certain types of friends and not being included anymore and that was really hard for me to accept initially but now it's something where it's like you know like I'm not even interested in doing those things as much anymore not to the extent that some people are like partying and drinking is not very fun for me anymore I would rather have like appetizer nights and just like sit down and sip wine and talk to friends about topics that are meaningful to us and that's kind of where my interests are now so initially it was hard for me because I felt really excluded and left out and it brought out a lot of the unhealed wounds within me where my value system for myself was largely dependent on how other people viewed me and that made it really hard to accept it when I started to be distanced from people that were important to me in high school and it took me a number of years to kind of accept that and I guess for people like I know a lot of people in their early 20s follow me or like who are coming out of their teens and graduating high school and I guess the biggest piece of advice that I could give all of you is that we often overestimate the importance of high school friends and like 
I don't mean this with everybody. If you have a friend you've been friends with since elementary school or high school who has been there for you through thick and thin and whose friendship is not dependent on you going out and partying with them all the time or spending tons of time with them and they're your friend regardless of how often you stay in content contact. That is a valuable friend that you have kept despite the growth periods throughout life and those friends are great. I'm more so referencing the friends that have friendships that are largely contingent on your ability to show up to things that on the surface are very superficial and aren't necessarily reciprocating the friendship. So what I mean by this is that we're really young and our world is so much smaller in elementary school and high school and we fixate on things that aren't as important in the grand scheme of life. When you're in high school, high school feels like the center of the world. It feels like it's your entire universe and it feels like it's the utmost importance. And you cannot imagine having it not be that important and what life will actually feel like after high school, even if you try to hear adults out and listen to them about the fact that like there's so much life beyond high school. High school is like a tiny blip in the grand scheme of your entire life. It feels all-encompassing and all-consuming and just so important when you were in the thick of things. And because of that, I find that the friends that you make in high school and the people you grow close to in high school and the people that you are around throughout the trauma that is high school, they start to hold a greater importance than what they'll actually carry out throughout your entire life. Like the people who you were friends with in high school, you value their opinions more. And when you start to drift away from them or when they cut ties with you, it can hurt a lot more than it should. And similarly, people who were viewed as like popular and who had loud voices in high school and who were respected in high school for whatever reason, their opinions of you can feel more important than what they actually should. And then what this leads to is that when you naturally drift away from types of people within high school, you can feel a lot more lost and hurt despite the fact that for years many of these people have contributed nothing to your life. They haven't contribute actively to your happiness. They haven't been there for you when you've needed it. They haven't been wanting to learn about the person you're becoming and talk about things that matter. On the surface, a lot of those friendships are superficial and they're rooted in partying and the things that you do together rather than who you each are as a person. And then when those friendships naturally fizzle out, you can feel very hurt by it because you might have valued that friendship more than they have and you might take it as a personal affront and a statement of who you are as a person when really it's just a friendship that lacked depth and that only felt important because you created that friendship during a period of your life where your life was so much smaller and you had so many less connections and so many less things of value in your life that they felt like they were a much larger part of your life than they actually were and then even as you grow and change and build your world to be larger you still carry on the feelings of importance that that person held to you because of how big they were in your life during the period of time that you befriended them. And that can make it really hard to let go of friendships that don't actually serve you. So I would encourage people who have friendships in their life where they feel like they are doing all of the heavy lifting and where you feel like you're not listened to or heard and where you feel lonely even when you're around people, even if you're afraid of being alone, Keep in mind that being lonely when you're with yourself is going to be preferable than being lonely with the same people that you keep around despite how they make you feel for the rest of your life. Being lonely with yourself allows you a period of self-growth and to reflect and work on yourself and to really focus on what your priorities in life are. And then you can take that growth and find people who align more closely with you and have a smaller group of friends maybe, but a more fulfilling group of friends who really speak to your soul. 
And that is so much more preferable than being lonely in a crowded room of people that you try to connect with, but that it's never enough, that, that it's a very superficial connection and it never actually makes you feel good. And oftentimes when you leave these interactions with these people, you feel more empty than you did going into them. And it's just sad because you, you want so badly for there to be a, a bigger connection, but that's not the case. So for people who are in that transitional period of their life, I would encourage you to welcome the loneliness. And I say this as someone who for a lot of my life has been very codependent and has been struggling with being alone. It's very empowering to realize that despite how sad and dark it can feel and how lonely it can feel to take yourself out of the crowd and focus on yourself, to realize that you can survive that and come through it and become a better person and feel more in touch with yourself, even in periods of great darkness and loneliness. It's super empowering and I I would say like it's made me feel better about myself. It's made me realize that when people leave my life, I don't have to crumble because they left. They're not the foundation that my life is built on. I built my foundation. So when people leave, it might temporarily dismantle some of the structures that I've built, but it doesn't have to be permanent. And even people you really love, when they leave, it can be devastating when they have left. But ultimately, the smaller repeated devastations that you have when you have someone in your life that is taking more from you than what they are giving and they're hurting you and they're not valuing their feelings, those smaller hurts on a repeated basis over the course of months or years, when you add them up, the hurt is going to be way more persistent and all-consuming than the deep hurt you feel when you finally decide to cut ties and you feel that hurt all at once, yes. So it feels feels more all-consuming, but it's not going to be on a repeated basis. You're going to heal and move on from such hurt. And then they don't have as much power and control over you anymore. And you can find someone who aligns better with your values and cares more about your feelings. And then you don't have to deal with those smaller, more repeated hurts. And in the long run, it's better. Going into 2023, or sorry, 2024. Wow. Like time has flown by. I still feel like I'm in 2020. Um, Going into 2023, I've been focusing a lot more on self-growth and like for the first time in my life, I'm not really prioritizing like finding a relationship and like finding my person and stuff when that's been a priority of mine for years. Like I've been in and out of relationships for a lot of years and I haven't really been in the dating field much, honestly, at all. And it's kind of weird to be single going into it at a time where I would have thought that I'd be like gearing up to get engaged or whatever, but... I don't really have any interest in having a relationship that doesn't serve me. What I'm hoping is that like the right person will eventually come along organically and I'll know that they're the right person because of how differently it feels. But right now my focus is working on myself and bettering myself and learning to find home within my body and my soul more so than what I have been able to have in previous years. And that's kind of the energy that I'm looking to bring into 2024 and continuing to better myself and change. These last few years, I've seen a lot of change in who I am as a person. I have altered my perspective on a lot of things in a way that people outside of my life could view as disingenuous and be like, oh, she's just doing that. Like, I have so many people online that are like, oh, you do this all for social attention. You only talk about welfare because of the likes it gets you and like all this. It's all for attention. And they're entitled to that opinion. And before it would bother me a lot more, but now it's like, okay, like that's a projection. That to me says that they probably post a lot of what they do online for attention and for social approval. So then naturally they'll assume that that's what's motivating me in doing the same. But I know myself better than anyone else does. So how 
how logical is it to give people who don't even know me so much power and say in who I am as a person when they've never even sat across the table from me and taken the chance to get to know who I am? Why should they have any say in who I am as a person? And people will do that. A lot of the judgments people make about you are going to be projections coming from within uh, that serve really no purpose other than to be negative and expose their own insecurities. And I say this again as someone who has done those very things and who has also been very impacted by people doing that to myself. So going into 2024, what I'm focusing on is finding more of a home within myself and trusting my own judgment of myself and the judgment of those who I would go to for advice rather than people whose opinion I would never ask for advice from and who don't know me because it's really easy to paint a picture of who you think someone is when you are literally just looking at a small fraction of their life. You don't have all of these characteristics to paint them and to really get an idea of who they are as a person. And even with people who are objectively bad people and who engage in a lot of negativity and who deliberately try to hurt people, there is never just, like, one side of someone. And this isn't to completely, like, I guess, absolve them of the hurt that they cause. But even people who cause hurt and who have done mean, malicious things, they're not only a malicious person. That's not the only side of them. They have different sides of them where they can be kind and nice and forgiving to certain types of people. They just don't necessarily offer that side to everyone. So there's always good and bad within everyone. And I think the mindset that the world has where you either have to be one or the other is very problematic because it doesn't allow for the level of growth that people can experience. And it leads people to having one or a handful of interactions with someone that may be good or unpleasant. And I'm assuming that that's the whole of what that person is and assuming that even though they might have interacted with that person 10 years ago that they have to be the same person especially when you're young and you're growing and you're mentally maturing and your brain is developing like you're going to see a lot of change and the assumption that people are always who they were in a moment that you met them when they could have been at the worst part of their life is inherently unfair in my opinion. There's people in my life that I wouldn't allow back in my life, but I'm open to the idea of them growing and changing and becoming better people, and quite frankly, I hope that they do. But that doesn't mean that they need to be afforded access to me in the future, because as far as I'm concerned, even when someone grows and improves as a person, it doesn't mean that to me it is worth the risk of allowing them back into my life when there's a chance that it could be the same type of situation as what I've seen before where they appear to have grown and changed and they'll tell you what you want to hear just to get back in your life and then that's not the case. However, that doesn't mean that I hope that they stay lacking in growth and negative and unhappy for life. I appreciate everyone's ability to grow and change and become better people even if I don't want to have them back in my life and even if I won't have trust in them because that's just a boundary that I set for my own mental health and it says nothing about who they are as a person. So, this societal view that people can't grow and change and really become different people completely ignores the fact that there's life-changing circumstances that can happen and there's dark periods of life that people can be going through that render them unable to experience the type of growth that they may need to have because they're so consumed about what's going on in the immediate present. When we assume that people can't have that level of change, not only does it make us way more pessimistic and negative about perspectives in life because we assume that there's no ability for change, but it also causes us to hold on to a level of disdain and hatred that doesn't serve us either. Hating someone and like wishing ill on them and letting your anger towards them fester and just be ever present in who you are as a person doesn't really serve anyone 
at all, especially not yourself, because all it does is make you angrier and angrier with someone over time, someone you're not even interacting with, someone who doesn't even necessarily know about your anger, and you're letting that anger grow and build over time when they haven't actually done anything to add to how you feel about it. Processing emotions is important, but I think that there is a line that needs to be drawn between being hateful and angry, because being angry is justified when someone has hurt you, but eventually you do need to let go of that anger and move on. Being hateful to the point where you allow that anger to fester and become something really ugly, all that does is hurt you in the long run, and it causes you to expend precious mental energy to someone who does not deserve it. Regardless of whether it is positive, happy energy or angry, negative energy, you're still sending that person energy that they don't deserve, that they're not deserving of. So the best thing you can do for people that have hurt you is to just move on and have them be so irrelevant in your life that when you think about them, it's fleeting and you can still be upset with how they hurt you, but you don't allow it to all consume your soul and fester in a way that harms you. That's something that I think everyone should honestly work on. It has been something that I've been working on too because there's people who I've had bad interactions with and I want to cling on to that bad interaction and assume that they're the same. But when it's been years later, it's not fair to do that. If it's fairly recent, I can safely assume that they've probably not done the amount of inner work that they would need to do for me to consider them to be allowed into my life again or for me to even want to consider that they're a nicer person and that's fine like I'm, I don't have to believe that everyone's a nicer person but it also doesn't mean that my perspective of them is the correct one when you have an interaction with someone for years and you just assume that they're the exact same person and have undergone no change when they haven't provided evidence of that then that's where it becomes unfair because that's a sign that you've allowed your anger to fester and become something quite ugly where you've created this entire narrative in your head that basically immortalizes someone as a bad person for years and years to come, even if your bad interaction with them happened when they were very young and naive. The kind of mindset that I try to approach these things with is like, how would I want people to perceive me? Like if they had a bad interaction with me when I was like 16, 17, 18, or early 20s when I was young and when I would have been at a point in my life where I was very volatile and upset and had a hard time controlling my emotions to the extent that I've learned to today. Would I want them to be willing to give me another chance, even if just to believe that perhaps I could have changed? They don't need to allow me in their life, but they just open the door to the fact that I might have be a different person now than I was when they last met me. And the answer is yes, I would want people to do that. So I try to do that with other people. And this is also something that I've been trying to practice online. Even when I've had people who have for years, like I'll remember certain handles and certain people online because of the amount of dedication that they have given to sending me hate. But the interesting thing that I've found is some of these people will message me years later after years and years of just posting mean-spirited comments in my comment section and they'll apologize. And I think that's really beautiful because that takes a lot of guts to do, especially when you've knowingly spent years sending someone negative vibes. To apologize when you don't have to and when you could just move on and not say anything, I think is really courageous and big. And that's been something that has altered my perspective of people to see that, like, even when you have no part in their life other than being an online personality, people can change to the point where they feel they owe you an apology when actually they really don't. Like, they don't need to give it. They could just move on with their life and change. And they don't, they don't have to say that to me, but they do anyways. And I think that is so cool. And I'm kind of getting off topic from the point of, like, talking about my intentions for 2024 and kind of reflecting more on the last year. But I think this type of stuff is important. So this is the mindset that I try to have where it's like, even when people have wronged me, I can look on with 
forgiveness and hope that they will make needed changes. There's people who have really hurt me this year who, honestly, I don't necessarily have the largest amount of faith that they will see the amount of change that they need to have, but I really hope that they do because I think it'll bring them more happiness. And I would like to see them happy and fulfilled and not reacting with the level of anger and hurt that I think was behind the ways that they hurt me. And now the fact that they were angry or hurt doesn't justify the ways that they hurt me and did things that were unfair to me and disrespected me and my personhood. But it does provide an explanation for what might have motivated it. Doesn't make it okay, but it provides an explanation. And I hope that they heal in a way where they don't do that to other people. Even if it's nothing to do with them bettering their own lives, just so that they don't have a negative impact on other people's lives to the extent that they had on mine. That's really all that I hope for. And that's kind of the perspective of forgiveness that I try to lead with and what I'm going to try to adopt more and more as I go into a new year and do more self-work is that type of mindset. Like, I want them to work on themselves in such a way that they don't have as many hurtful interactions with other people, namely romantic partners in this case, because a lot of the people who've hurt me the most over the last year have been with romantic involvement. But with that said, I've had friends who have been kind of selfish before too and have done things that have hurt me. And it's the same thing. I hope that they heal the parts of them that resulted in them being unable to give to people in the way that a mutual friendship should, because then they can have deeper, more meaningful and consistent friendships that won't fracture and hurt them more in the long run. Like I do wish that for them and everyone that might touch their lives, even if I don't offer a position back in my life to them. A lot of this year for me honestly has been a lesson. Like I haven't had many euphorically happy moments this year. There's been a lot of downs, um, more so than ups, but I do feel like I've finally learned lessons that the universe has been trying to teach me for a very long time, particularly in romantic relationships, that I shouldn't make people who don't deserve it the center of my universe and that I need to set more boundaries and I need to not let people get away with disrespecting me in ways because I'm so afraid of them leaving. Like I should just cut ties or at the very least set a boundary and be like, look, I'm not accepting this anymore and be comfortable walking the other direction and have faith in the fact that someone who really wants me in their life is not going to let me walk away and that they'll do the work to be able to respond and treat me in a way that I deserve. And I think that's been something that I've been getting lesson after lesson over the years because I've accepted a lot of BS from romantic partners that hasn't been fair to me and I keep seeing the same patterns in relationships so clearly there's something that I need to change and that's been a big lesson of this year uh, and another one has been that like I need to take better care of myself like I often fixate on taking care of other people in my life and worrying about them and then I don't engage in self-care for myself so this last year especially these last like four months of this year I've been doing a lot more inner work and like listening to audiobooks has honestly been huge I've been listening to a lot of like psychology and like self-help audiobooks to learn more about myself and also learn how to practice better habits and how to engage in a mindset that'll serve me better and that's been super helpful and that's also honestly contributed to a lot of the changes that I've seen even recently. I intend to continue doing that going into the new year. Like I've journaled for the last 30 plus days straight because I set a habit 
that I wanted to journal daily, even if it's just one sentence, even if it's just one word, just write something down in my journal every single day. And I have managed to do that for the last month, which is something I'm very proud of and I intend to continue because it does give me a baseline of what I can look back on to see where my mindset was at any given point, which I think is important. And I've also been like listening to audiobooks way more and picking audiobooks that are about self-betterment and self-growth and learning more about the inner workings of my brain so that I can understand myself better and thereby practice more self-acceptance. So that's something that I want to take into 2024. And a lot of the lessons that I have learned this year have been about like how I can alter my environment with my mindset and the boundaries that I set. Because a lot of the stuff that has happened to me where people have deeply hurt me in a way I have allowed to happen. Again, people shouldn't mistreat you even if you welcome it with your lack of boundaries. But what it has taught me is that I need to set boundaries instead of expecting the good in everyone and forgiving them again and again when they repeat the same patterns that cause me harm. And that I don't owe them that level of forgiveness if they don't show me any evidence that they intend to change. That's another thing that I want to take into the new year is setting better boundaries and being more clear and a better communicator about my needs rather than just expecting people to be able to meet them. Because I... Because I think setting boundaries and also communicating better is also doing a service to people in your immediate life by caring about them enough to trust the fact that you can be your true self and tell them your needs and have them be willing to hear that. And that's something I'm going to try to practice more. Another thing that I want to take into 2024 is that I'm really going to try to practice being more vulnerable and starting to go out of my comfort zone socially and try to become more extroverted and just do more things that scare me. But learn through that process to be less worried about embarrassing myself and how people will think of me especially in the public eye more so than like online because this is something that I struggle with like being a person in real life especially in crowds I'm not comfortable doing things in fear of how people will judge me like dancing is a great example I will dance on my own in the comfort of my own house, but I'm afraid to dance even at clubs and like or like bars or areas or parties where people are dancing because I'm so worried about getting judged. And then it ruins my enjoyment of that moment. I can't listen to music in the same way. And then I also still worry about getting judged for not dancing enough and for looking like I'm having no fun and just standing there. What I would like to do is get to the point where I can just behave how feels right to me in that moment when I'm listening to music or doing whatever without worrying about who is watching me on the outside because internally I look at stuff like that and it's like if you're standing at a party or a club or a concert or wherever watching someone dance and judging them for how they are dancing and just being negative and making fun of them in your head or to your friends or whatever then like you're the problem in that situation like that is like if that's how you're going to concerts to have fun is just by judging other people and being kind of negative towards them that says way more about people like that than it does about those dancing and having fun in the moment so why would I even care about the opinion of someone like that and obviously that's easier said than done because I do care enough to alter my behavior and mask to avoid the perceived judgment I need to get more comfortable with not worrying about that because also a lot of these people I'm never going to see again in my life. Like if I make a total ass of myself and embarrass myself, like I trip over my own feet or I dance really poorly or whatever, or I say something stupid, a lot of these people I'm never going to see again. And while that moment will be embarrassing, like they'll probably forget about it. Someone not that long ago asked me like, how many embarrassing moments from other people embarrassing themselves do you remember over the years? And to answer that question, very few. There's very few that I actually remember because they haven't been an integral part of my life. So the same can be said 
in most cases for stuff that you do to embarrass yourself. Most of the people who witness it aren't going to remember it for years to come. And most of the people in the crowds of like where you are, they're not thinking about you to the extent that you think they are. Because like we live so within ourselves that we assume that everyone is judging us and thinking about us more than they actually are. And in some cases they might be, but it doesn't happen as commonly as we think. And even if they are judging, I think what the way we should look at it is go it at least I'm not like that. Like, I'm not spending my time judging someone who's doing completely harmless things for no reason. It's one thing to judge people for doing things that are malicious and harmful to other beings, but when they're doing things solely to just serve their own soul and enjoy themselves, then it's more to be said about the person judging than the person who's doing whatever it is to enjoy themselves. So, so learning how to unmask more and developing more of a personal voice is something that I want to do going forward into 2024 more because I think it'll make me happier. And if I do it slowly and slowly edge myself out of my comfort zone, what I'm hoping is eventually I'll just be a less anxious person who's less fixated on worrying about what people say and do or what they're thinking about me because the more I edge out of that comfort zone and do things that scare me and have nothing bad happen, hopefully the more comfortable I'll become with doing them because I've managed to do that online in that I unmask a lot more online and I've gotten way more outspoken online. I've gotten way more comfortable in front of a camera, sheerly out of practice and having good and bad things happen and overcoming them and not letting them consume me. I've gotten better and more comfortable at doing these things just because I have practiced them. And I'm hoping that in person I can learn how to do that. So I'm trying to go out and do more social events because I've honestly been quite antisocial like since COVID and beyond. Um, obviously, COVID is still a thing now, but I'm meaning like since the lockdowns and beyond. Like I've gotten my social skills have deteriorated in non-business settings in settings where I'm just there to enjoy and have fun. And like I said, I'm also very inexperienced in the dating field because I haven't dated very much. And that is also a huge source of stress for me. But at the end of the day, I'm like, do I want to date someone who's going to judge me for being my natural self? Like, do I want to date someone who have to be someone I'm not just to get their acceptance? No. So then with that logic, why do I care if they judge me? If I'm myself and they judge me for it, what I'm doing is I'm weeding out the very type of people that I don't want to have in my life. And again, easier said than done because it still kind of sucks and it can impact your self-esteem to have people judge you for things that are a part of who you are. But then it also creates an environment of people who truly deserve to share your space and who will make you feel really good about yourself. So that's something that I'm trying to create. Another thing that I'm trying to do going into 2024 is set up more opportunities for me to spend time with friends and just enjoy myself. Like I've been making new friends and trying to put more time into building those friendships and doing things with people because for years... I feared rejection so much that I just would kind of isolate myself and I wouldn't actively message friends or talk to them because if they forgot to message me back or if they said no to hanging out, I would take it highly personally even if it had nothing to do with me. In some cases, it was natural distancing of friends that I no longer needed to have in my life and that no longer needed me to be in their life. But in a lot of cases, it was people doing what I do and getting busy and forgetting to respond or simply having other commitments or other stuff going on that means that they cannot hang out. And so I'm trying to teach myself to fear reje rejection less and put myself out there more to create more community and have more platonic relationships that can fulfill my life in ways that I was using romantic relationships to fulfill, even though they didn't really do the job of that and they caused me a lot of hurt while isolating me from friends who have always been there for me in a as a result. And I've made 
a few new friends this year, which is awesome. Like even just in recent years, for those who of you who feel like you need to expand your friend group, I recommend downloading Bumble BFF because you can meet people that are also looking for friends who might be new to the area or like me might work from home and be in a situation where it's difficult to meet new people. And that's a really good way to connect with like-minded people that you might get along with really well. There's a couple of really cool people that I've met on there so far uh, that I've really enjoyed getting together with and meeting and that I intend to hang out with again. And that's been a huge bonus to my mental health because it's allowed me to expand my friend circle and find friends outside of the initial circle that I built so that I have more variety in my life and more people that can meet different needs because it's also inherently unfair to expect a few or even like a single person in your life to meet all of your needs. So having friends that serve different purposes to you and that fulfill you in different ways is important because not everyone can fulfill your needs in the way that you might need. And also you should be good at fulfilling your own needs to an extent and be comfortable within yourself. That should be the ultimate goal. But sometimes friends don't have the bandwidth to serve your needs and be there for you in ways that you might need. So building that group of friends so that you have different people who you can go to in times of need and different people that you can support in their times of need is important, I think. So that's another goal going into 2024 um, from things that I've learned this year. And I've been trying to make more of an effort to do these things and not just like lose myself to a relationship. I need to retain, retain my personhood, even in a romantic relationship, instead of giving them the keys to my self-esteem and my emotional stability and how I value myself and also like my time and my schedule. Like I need to still leave time for self-care and friends and not just be so consumed by how much I like someone romantically that I completely just lose myself in the process. And that's something that I really want to maintain throughout 2024. And I also think it'll attract me to healthier types of people. That's the eventual goal. Because right now it's really not a priority to me. Like, of course, if I met someone who's absolutely amazing, I wouldn't be like, oh, nah, I'm not prioritizing a relationship right now. I'd want to get to know them. But right now it's like I'm for the first time in a very, very long time, I'm so put off of just being in a relationship that I'm not actively pursuing that. I'm more pursuing my career and my personal self-development and doing things that I like and trying to find out who I am myself outside of a relationship. And I think I really needed that. And it honestly sucks that I had to go through the amount of trauma that I did to get to this conclusion, but clearly I needed that much of a kick to finally be like, whoa, and like sit myself on my ass and be like, okay, I need to do something different. And if this resonates with you, honestly, I would love to know because like I try to be transparent and talk about these things in hopes that I can reach people who are feeling similar ways because like it's really easy to paint a certain picture on social media and like make it seem like you have it all together because a lot of the times we're sharing our highlight reel or we're talking about stuff that's not directly about ourselves and what's going on in our personal life. And it can lead people to believe that everyone has it way more together than they actually do. I'm convinced that like everyone is faking it till they make it. And a lot of people pretend to be a lot more okay and sure of things than they actually are. And if we were just more honest about how out of control we felt sometimes or how sad we felt sometimes or how bad our mental health was sometimes, I think it would open the doors for other people to feel more accepted and not hide those things as much. So that's why I try to be as transparent as I can be on my profiles and vulnerable where I can be on my profiles uh, within reason, because sometimes for me, I need to protect myself from the potential hurt that can come with online comments if I'm in a really vulnerable state. But I always try to talk about these things after so that I can hopefully resonate with people who are in similar circumstances in your life. Anyways, I 
looked up this list of questions of stuff to kind of reflect on the year and like plan for next year. Kind of cheesy, but I think that it's interesting. One of them is what is the most important lesson you've learned this year? I think the most important lesson I've learned this year is that at the end of the day, I'm always going to have myself and that's one constant in this world is that I'll always be within myself and me as a person. So I have to learn how to love myself and find comfort and resilience within myself without relying as much on other people. Building community and having community connections is important, but ultimately like yourself it, and learning how to love yourself and be your true authentic self and learn how to be happy from within yourself is really important. And that's something that I haven't prioritized enough over the years. And that's something that I intend to continue to prioritize going forward. Another one is what did you do for your career growth? I talked about this in my last podcast, but I think the most exciting thing was continuing to build movement towards like improving horse welfare and then joining the Alliance for Horse Welfare and Sport and helping them co-found it. And I'm really excited about where that's going to lead and what our plans are for the future with that. And that's something that I think was big for my career growth, taking it a little bit out of my comfort zone and expanding to something very new. And then of course, expanding my store and my brand has been huge. It's been a huge learning curve because I am not a business person and it's also very hard to be the only person that's running basically everything with the exception of sometimes. So that's been a big learning curve and it's been something that I've been slowly learning how to get better at and that that I am proud of. That is something that I think that I want to continue to do too is become a better business person and eventually get to the point where I can hire other employees to help me with stuff that's really stressing me out at this point and take care of my employees and pay them well and help them achieve the things that they deserve in life while allowing myself to have a little bit of a breather and I'm hoping that this year of 2024 will be a year that I can get to that point to have more consistent employees. I do need extra help to be frank but the reason why I haven't hired like permanent employees is because I don't want to do it until I'm really really sure that I can be reliable and take good care of them and pay them fairly. I'd rather work myself to the brink and like burn out at a breaking point than have someone else be treated unfairly or be in a situation where I hire them and I'm like, okay, sorry, like I don't have enough work for you or whatever and then end up letting them down. So I've kind of put myself in a position where I'm wearing too many hats and where I'm stressed to avoid causing harm to someone else. And I don't regret that at all. I think that's important, but it has made things more difficult and stressful for myself, but I am excited about my career growth and what I've done, and I've learned a lot of lessons. I think that the career thing is also something that's been really hard for me because I've had imposter syndrome and still do for years, and it can be hard getting, like, bad press no matter what, um, and you're never going to make anyone, everyone happy, so I have, that's been a learning curve as well where it's been, like, a big impact to my self-esteem if I ever get, like, emails where people are like upset with me and like most people have been so nice that even if they are upset about something and like we, we deal with it and try to make sure everyone's happy but that's been hard for me and that's also partly why I do for my own mental health eventually want to hire someone out to handle emails and some of those other stuff because then it's going to be less impactful to my mental health and what I also need to practice too is setting more firm boundaries with when I reply to emails and so on and so forth because there's this idea that you should be permanently accessible in the online age especially if people see posting on your other social medias but what I've been telling myself and what other people need to keep in mind too with any small business or any person they're trying to reach is that work hours are different from what people choose to do in their personal time. I could post all over even on my business pages in my personal time if that's how I want to spend it but that doesn't mean that I'm 
my time is entitled to other people to respond to them after business hours. And that's been something I've been trying to learn more and more to keep myself happier and healthier. I'm slowly getting better at it because I initially used to work through the weekends and stuff and I would get so burnt out and so stressed. And this year is like the first year I've actually been relatively consistent about taking weekends off. Another question for this year is what got in the way of your success? I would say myself and allowing other outside relationships to impact my self-esteem and the way that I showed up in the world in a big way. When I was really sad because people had hurt me, I would just tank and my productivity would tank and I'd just sit in bed and I'd be so depressed and all consumed by how they treated me that I impacted my own ability to move forward and impacted my own ability to do better by myself long term. Something that's going to be way more constant is how I treat myself and how I move forward to build a future for myself. That's way more constant than someone in my life who could be temporary and I let them impact my ability to do that and that was hard. And then there is, of course, other problems financially, like my truck transmission, and then my dog needing a $5,000 surgery. So that, that was like $12,000 of unexpected expenses that really sucked. And that kind of got in the way of what would have been more achievable success. But I guess what I am proud of is how I rallied to get through those hard times and move through them and get the truck fixed and get my dog's leg fixed, despite how difficult it was for myself. So I'm happy that I was able to do that, even if it impacted my ability to continue moving forward in a way that I would have liked to if those problems hadn't arise. And what I want to do in 2024 is work towards being more prepared for these types of things and not having them impact me as much. So I'm continuing to want to build my business and do a better job of being stable and ready for these unexpected things to happen so that they're not as impactful to me long term. I'm excited about that. And Yeah. Another question is, how kind were you to yourself this year? I, especially near the beginning of the year, not very kind, but my kindness towards myself has expanded throughout the year. I'll also leave a link to these questions for people who want to like read them and ask themselves these things because these are actually great journal prompts if you want to journal or even just like reflecting and thinking them in your head. I'll leave them. They're for 2022 and 2023, but they're still good questions and it doesn't really matter. So this is for the new year. What is your intention for the next year? I think I've said a lot of these, but my major intention is to continue growing myself, focusing on my future and going for my personal goals without worrying about having like a romantic partner in my life and fixating on that. To do what I do for myself and what's best for me and my immediate family and the friends that are constants in my life rather than focusing on people who could be temporary and just waiting for the right person to come along who's going to be a more permanent fixture in my life and not over committing to someone before they have proven that they can be that person for me. So that is my intention for this next year. And my intention is also to be continue growing myself and my business and becoming a better person, learning to have more emotional control, learning how to be more positive, learning how to let go of negativity more and more and more so that I can eventually create the type of world that I want to live in and spread more positivity than negativity. I'm going to continue focusing on myself and working on myself and keeping those who align with my goals and who make me feel good about myself in my life and focus more on the positivity rather than the negativity because I can be quite a pessimistic person and I want to not do that. I want to get better at not being as pessimistic and looking more on the bright side. Not in a toxic positivity way because it's important to feel your emotions and not just 
sweep them under the rug and ignore them but in a way where I spend more time engaging with the positives of life than I do with the negatives because I let it all consume me sometimes and then it results in me being depressed so I want to try to do a better job of not falling into that what will be your purpose next year is another question that I want to answer my purpose next year I think is going to be creating the type of life that will honor myself and those who are immediately part of my life like for example I want to get to the point where I can build my business in such a way where I have this type of stability that I can offer my mom a great life leading into retirement and hopefully buy property and take care of her in the way that she has taken care of me and my brothers for so many years and that's something that I would really like to do. That won't necessarily happen in the next year. If it did, that'd be super cool, but that's kind of unrealistic. But that's what I want to be moving closer and closer to being able to do is I really want to do that because I am acutely aware of how fleeting and uncertain life is, which is why, honestly, I am often in such a rush because I want to get to my end goals and get to these areas of stability and be able to give these people that I love the things that I would like to be able to give them before it's too late. And sometimes that consumes me to a negative perspective where I just feel hopeless and where I get frustrated where things aren't moving enough. So I also want to accomplish enjoying the journey more rather than fixating on a destination because that's something that I have had a very hard time doing where I'll in my head be like, oh, once I get to X milestone, I will be happier. And then when I get to that milestone, there's another thing that inevitably comes up that I then want to achieve. And then, and then it results in me not necessarily being as happy as I could throughout the moments and if I'm always chasing a destination before I can allow myself to be happy in the moment then it's just going to continue being that way and I don't think that's particularly healthy so I think that's something that I would really like to do and change throughout the next year is learning how to enjoy the journey more even when the journey gets difficult learning how to enjoy those difficult moments and find happiness and joy within them rather than crumbling and fixating on the negative. How do you intend to be different at the end of next year? So at the end of 2024, how I'd like to be different is that I would like to be more confident in myself, less fixated on the judgment of others, and closer to my long-term goals and just a happier version of myself and able to bring more light into the lives of the people, able to bring more light into the lives of the people immediately in my life that I really care about because of how I've grown and built myself. I would also like to be closer to my end goal of purchasing a farm and eventually developing the type of behavior modification center that I would really like to have. I would really like to be closer to doing that and I would like to be able to do more charity and helping other people and be in a better stability financial place where I can do more and more of that because that's also really fulfilling to me and I think that giving back is really important as you start to do better so that's something that I would really like to do. And then another thing too that I would like to be closer to accomplishing like and I've said this before in other podcasts like I would really like to eventually have my own farm because I think that's the only way to feasibly set up the type of thing that I have a vision for to modify severe behavioral problems in horses and also do like full body and behavioral and mental rehabs for horses but I would also like to eventually move towards the point where I can help people in that as well particularly addictions treatment I would love to do an addictions treatment center where I of course hire professionals that are professionals in the field of treating addictions but then also pair people who are staying at these centers with horses to work with them and kind of bond with them and pair them with horses who are troubled that they can then heal and hopefully heal themselves through because horses have been so important to helping me heal myself in order to do that it would need to be set up in a way where a lot of the work they could do would be through protected contact so that it would be 
be safe for everyone. But that's something that I'd really like to do because a big problem we have here in Canada and in BC is that there's not enough publicly funded addictions treatment centers and they're very, very expensive. So eventually I'd like to open one where people can go to even if they don't have money because that was something that we ran into a lot when we were trying to help my brother get treatment for his addiction is that a lot of the treatment centers were not publicly funded or the ones that did have public funding only had like one to two beds per session to offer to people who couldn't afford to just pay out of pocket and when you're paying out of pocket it can be like ten thousand to like thirty thousand dollars a month which is crazy and of course people who are in a very vulnerable state where they're having a hard time surviving and where they don't necessarily have family that can help them financially or family that can afford to help them financially that makes getting treatment almost like unbelievable impossible and that's really sad for people who would otherwise want to seek treatment if the only thing preventing them from doing so is the lack of ability to afford that so that's my long-term goal that I would really like to have happen probably won't happen in the next year unless I literally win the lottery but I would like to be able to kind of plan for that in the near-ish future and move towards that while I'm still young and healthy and because I just really want to have the stability of having my own place and my own little sanctuary and that's something I've wanted since I was a child which is I know a weird lifelong dream to just have a house um, or a farm in this case but it's something that I really really want to have so my accomplishments that I want to like work towards are largely related to that and I think the self-growth and self-perspective and working on myself is a huge part of that. What personal qualities do you want to strengthen? So a personal quality that I would like to strengthen is my self-perspective, my resilience, my patience, and my ability to look on the positive side and also emotional control. Like I want to get less bothered by things that are trivial and less bothered by the way other people perceive me and less worried about that. So that is something that I would like to work. Who do you want to become next year? This is the last question from this list that I'll answer, but there's tons of them if you want to reflect on these. I think these are actually great questions. I want to become someone that like younger me would be proud of and continue working towards to becoming the type of person that is positive and can see the positive value and like qualities in people even when they're being hurtful and negative to me and someone who looks on with forgiveness and positivity rather than focusing on the negative and has the ability to see the best in people even when they're showing you your worst side and just looking on with more compassion rather than responding with frustration or anger when people are saying or doing hurtful things because of whatever is happening within. I think that would be a really good place to work towards, but that takes a lot of self-control and a lot of inner work, and that's something that I intend to work on more and be better about because I haven't been good at it in the past. I can react impulsively sometimes, and I can react emotionally sometimes, and I'd like to be better at kind of controlling that and learning how to cope with my emotions without having them outwardly be visible in the same way or letting people create an emotional reaction out of me when that's probably what they're so yeah that's what I would really like to have ultimately like this year has been a big year of growth for me and like I mean a lot of these last few years have been huge areas of growth where I've had really big shifts in perspectives over the years that have kind of 
changed the trajectory of my life and this is another year of doing that just less so in like the horse way because the last couple of years prior to this one they changed my trajectory and how I wanted to show up for horses and like the way that I wanted to be in the horse world and like my goals in the horse world whereas this year is more about kind of changing my personal trajectory and my self-image and how I want to show up in relationships and stuff that's more personal to me rather than like career wise and horse industry wise and it's been a really good thing but like what it means is that like I've become like like I'm a completely different person now than I was even at the beginning of this year or two years ago or three years ago like I've become such a different person that it's like unrecognizable so a area where I need to kind of be more forgiving with myself is that the amount of change that I've seen in my person has made me like a way different person than what I used to be and a lot of the people who I used to have in my life that I no longer am friends with, they haven't had that amount of change in their lives and their personhood. So it's only natural that I might not no longer align with like what they were looking for in a friend because of how much I've changed. And I think that's something that I need to be more gentle with myself for is that I've become a different person. And if people can't see me through the ever changing versions of myself, that's totally fine. And I can just keep the people around that can do that. And and ultimately, if people don't believe that I've undergone the change that I have and they still have this narrative in my head of who I am based off of who they, who I was when they last knew me, that is their prerogative. That has nothing to do with me. I can't control how other people perceive me. I can't control how they choose to envision me. And a lot of times, the way that they choose to do that comes from within. And that's something that I need to not get as flustered over. If people don't believe that I've changed or they believe that my motivations and intentions for certain behaviors are different than what I actually know that they are, I need to be so confident of who I am within that how other people choose to view me and the way that I go about things or why I do them or what my intentions are or who I am as a person doesn't impact me because that's totally their business that that has everything to do with them and nothing to do with me and I shouldn't be valuing my level of inner work and the change that I've seen based off of whether or not other people see it as real that has nothing to do with me and I encourage other people to do the same like obviously the way you treat other people matters and you want to have good relationships and we don't want to be living a life where we're going around hurting people intentionally without care for their feelings however we do have to keep in mind that like we also aren't completely responsible for other people's feelings like you being your true and authentic self and talking about your visions for your life and your future and your belief systems when it's about you and what you see like other people don't have to align with and agree with that, but they can't tell you that your words making them uncomfortable are a reason why you shouldn't speak them, especially when they aren't harmful words in themselves. A lot of the things that I post about horse welfare can be hurtful to people who might not have the same vision for welfare that I do or who might engage in the practices that I don't support. And they are entitled to feeling that way. But at the same time, they need to have enough confidence in their choices for their horse and their inner voice that what I say and how I feel on my own pages doesn't impact them to the point where they feel compelled to obsessively watch what I post or leave like hundreds of comments about how wrong I am or essentially be looking for me to agree with them and offer them my approval so that they can move on from that. 
And regardless of how people feel about horsemanship or what their viewpoint is, I encourage everyone to have enough confidence in their horsemanship that the way someone else sees horsemanship being doesn't impact you to your core because it shouldn't. And we shouldn't be letting other people's viewpoints impact our emotions to the point where it makes us feel lesser than and where it absolutely tanks how we feel about ourselves, regardless of the reason. Because if it is happening, then that's an opportunity to ask ourselves, why are we insecure in the care that we provide with our, for our horses if we feel that it is sufficient and if we feel that we're doing our best? Why are we allowing someone else's narrative to completely derail how we feel about ourselves when we know the full truth of our horse's care? And sometimes the answer is that we do feel that there's some truth to the information that they're putting out because a lot of the times where I got the most upset and triggered by what people said about horse welfare was because it applied to the way that I cared for my horses and I also deep down felt that there was some truth to it and then I was responding out of shame and guilt for what the person said and blaming them and trying to make it their responsibility to reassure me and essentially win an argument so that I could justify my stance and lack of growth and change by using that person and that's where a lot of it was coming from if I'm being honest with myself at the time I couldn't be honest with myself like that but now I can be more so and that's largely what was driving those reactions and I was doing the best that I could at that time with like the level of growth that I had seen but it did impact my self-esteem to a degree that I shouldn't have allowed it to and also to a degree that wasn't these people's fault like especially when they make generalized generic posts that aren't about me but I made them about myself and took it personally because I was insecure like I still remember there is a time that Jill Jet Eventing um, posted about whip use and how it was always aversive which now I would say is generally speaking true however technically speaking you could train a horse to target a whip and train a horse to respond to a whip through positive reinforcement if you're not using it in the traditional sense but traditionally yes they are used aversively and that post made me mad and I argued in the comment section to try to make myself feel better and justify my position of not considering her opinion and made it about me and about what she said and saying how unfair it was when really it was about how what she said made me feel and made me feel insecure and inadequate over views that I held because I wasn't at a point where I was ready to accept what she was actually saying and I did this to a lot of people who were promoting positive reinforcement before I deeply dove into it and it was all coming from within it had actually nothing to do with what they were saying because now I have the capacity to read what people are saying um, and maybe not fully agree with it but recognize the fact that it's like okay they're entitled to their their opinion and I'm entitled to mine I can share my opinion with them but I shouldn't be reliant on feeling good about myself and my opinion based off of whether or not they approve of my opinion and where I essentially have to win an argument in order to feel good about myself and that's something that I encourage everyone to get to the point of doing don't let other people's narratives impact you to the point where you feel the need to get their approval or win an argument against them in order to feel good about yourself don't let people's narratives impact you to such a point where they make you so upset that you can't let go of it and where you need to then exude a lot of negative energy towards the people who's made you feel negative about yourself and let that be consuming because I've seen it happening towards other people and towards myself. There's accounts that dedicate so much of their time just to 
trash talking people like me and other welfare advocates because they are made uncomfortable by our posts when really what the healthier thing to probably do especially if they really don't agree with what we're saying would be to block us or mute our posts or stop looking at our pages and focus on themselves and their personal growth it is not healthy to give someone that much of your time where you're like obsessing over it um especially to a very negative point where you're feeling the need to personally attack someone else because they're making you feel bad about yourself. And within reason, because I would say that like with upper level riders and the FEI and stuff, like I fixate more on what they're doing and I will talk more about them. But it's more about their actions rather than like who they are as people. Like I don't really know anything about the people who are representing the FEI. My bone to pick is with their actions and their ability to influence lots of other people to do things that are inherently bad. Even wealth fair work that is extreme at its core it's not really influencing people to do really bad things in my opinion um and it's about policy change so it really depends on the way that you're going about it but when it's personal attacks to tell someone how bad of a rider they are or how bad of a person they are or how stupid they are and like just mocking them then that's where it becomes really toxic and if that's how they're making you feel it's probably healthier to take your distance and that's something i'm trying to do more too because that's something that I'm trying to practice more too because habitually like I'll give negative commenters way too much of my time replying to them. Sometimes it's educational and I like doing it because then you can have a debate in the comment section that people who are on the fence can go and read and then kind of see where they stand and learn from it maybe. But a lot of times it's just probably better just to let them comment and say their piece and just ignore them because they don't deserve my time. And that's something that I do want to practice more going into 2024 is not giving negativity so much of my time and my focus because I've been getting better at it, but I'm still not great at it. I want to be awesome at it. I want to be amazing at it. I want to be great at it. And anyways, that's kind of my year-end recap and my thought process and on things that I want to continue growing and changing and focusing on. I've adopted a lot more self-care techniques and I've become more aware of areas where my self-care was lacking and I've become more consistent on using self-care practices and doing things on a daily basis that I should be doing and holding myself more accountable and I want to continue doing that into 2024 and I hope to do so and I want to continue improving my horsemanship and ideally start working towards the point where I can start realizing more of my dreams because admittedly since I moved to a place that doesn't have an arena I've been riding less and it has complicated things and long term I would love to have the ability to do more arena work and do more regular training sessions with horses without meeting the same types of hurdles that I meet because of the property that I live on and I would ideally like to be able to put the money into fixing up a property and actually have that money be fixing up something that is my own rather than putting thousands of dollars into keeping up a property and like upkeeping the area my horses live in but not put so much money in that it actually lasts very long but also be routinely having to fix up things that cost me money that I can't fix in a permanent way to the point where you'd want to put tens of thousands of dollars into it because you're not staying there so that's really why I'm so fixated on moving towards getting my own property and doing that um and why it's so important to me because I feel like it would be so worth the money and I could just put my entire life into preparing that. And again, I want to thank everyone who's supported me online, who like shares my content, who likes my content, who comments on it, who listens to this podcast, who shops at my store, who watches my YouTube videos. Like if you look at my content in any way, like you have helped me 
to be on the journey to realizing these dreams. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart that I am so appreciative of it. And I want to continue getting to the point where I can be stable enough in my life and be gearing towards where I want to go in life so I can give other people opportunities and help them out financially and career-wise in ways that I would really like to be able to do, but that I'm prevented from doing because of where I am right now. Like, I eventually I would love to start taking on interns and helping them learn how to train and take care of them and be the type of person that offers opportunities that aren't just exploiting them for their free labor and not giving them real opportunities like I'd really like to help people in that way or also do like scholarships and bursaries towards riders to help them realize their dreams but I need to get to a point where I'm much more stable to the point where I can offer that at the level that I would like to and everyone who's supported me is helping me get to that point and I want to give back as much as I can the more I get to move up the ladder and be in a situation where I I'm getting closer to a stabilized future and because because honestly I am at a very big disadvantage like most people in Canada who are purchasing homes are doing so with parental help or coming from families who are already homeowners my family doesn't own any property we don't really have that and we don't have the amount of savings you need to really make it possible to do that so I have a lot of hurdles that I've had to jump over to get to where I am and it's been very difficult and I want to help it be easier for other people that is my end goal is to help other people be able to achieve these dreams without having to jump through as many hoops as I have and burn themselves out as much as I have and have it be as hard I want to help them get there easier and that is a really big goal of mine that I would so so want and everyone who supports my content and has been there for me over the years even as I've gone through so many life changes and changes in personhood has been helping me in that and I really appreciate your support because I'm a much different person now than when I who I was when I started putting content out there like if you go look back at my old videos honestly it's really cringy to me I don't like doing it I am going to do a video where I reflect on my old writing eventually but it is so hard for me to do because I just I hate it it's really embarrassing to me and I cringe and like I know it's a good thing because it shows the amount of growth that I've had but it's really hard for me to do like even listening back to my videos and hearing my voice makes me cringe so I'm sure you can imagine how hard it is to do that when I'm saying things that I now vehemently disagree with and don't believe in um and yeah the whole thing's hard but that's that's the goal so thank you again everyone if you're interested in ways to help support me and my work I'll leave all the links that I mentioned at the beginning down below and yeah let me know if you listen to all of this, how it made you feel, if you relate to any of it. And I always like hearing about that. And um, if you're willing to like review my podcast on any of the streaming platforms you listen to, that's always much appreciated. Um, And again, thank you all for your support. And I hope everyone has a very happy new year and hopefully 2024 will bring more peace and stability for everyone worldwide.